The Productive Woman, Episode 320. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. In this episode, I will share with you my conversation with entrepreneur, lawyer, and mom, Elizabeth Hill. You'll find more information about Elizabeth along with links to resources she recommends and ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 320. This episode is brought to you by Function of Beauty. This is a relatively new sponsor and one I am so glad that I was able to link up with because one size fits all may work for your accessories, but when it comes to your hair, we all need something a little different to help us look our best. Well, what if hair care was as unique as you are? I'm really excited to have found Function of Beauty for just that reason. Function of Beauty is hair care that is formulated specifically for you. No matter your hair type, they create shampoo, conditioner, and treatments to fit your unique needs. They have over 54 trillion possible ingredient combinations to make sure your formula is as unique as you are. Here's how it works. First, you take a quick but thorough online quiz and tell them a little about your hair. This was a lot of fun for me to go through. They, you know, they ask a lot of questions about, say, the texture and thickness of your hair, the color, what your hair goals are, what are you looking for uh, to do, what results would you like, to hydrate it, to smooth it, to straighten it, do you want color protection, heat protection? They, They give you an opportunity to answer those questions that tell them exactly what you need in your hair care products. From that, they create, uh, they determine the right blend of ingredients, then bottle your custom formula to order. I, I really enjoyed being able to choose my hair goals and you get to choose the color and the scent and everything else with respect to the shampoo and conditioner. And then they deliver your personalized formula right to your door in a cute customized bottle with your favorite color and fragrance. They even print your name on it. I've been using my Function of Beauty shampoo and conditioner for a couple of months and have really loved the results. I have actually used another brand of shampoo and conditioner for many years. And so this was a new, something new for me to try. And I've really liked it. My hair feels soft. It looks good. And I should point out that in addition to hair care products, they have body wash and lotion same kind of thing. You can, uh, you tell them what you like and you choose the color and the, the scent or no scent at all, if that's your preference. And then they put it in these bottles that have your name on it and everything else. And I've really enjoyed the body wash and the body lotion. Their formulas are vegan and cruelty-free. They never use sulfates, parabens, or any other harmful ingredients. Function of Beauty is not just the first ever custom hair care brand. It is the internet's top rated customized hair care brand with over 40,000 real live five-star reviews and more coming in all the time. So 
What are you waiting for? You can go to functionofbeauty.com slash TPW to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order. That's function of beauty, all one word, functionofbeauty.com slash TPW for 20% off and to let them know you heard about it from the productive woman. Once more, that's functionofbeauty.com slash TPW. And if you try it out, please let me know what you think. I hope you like it as much as I do. All right, so let's get into my conversation with Elizabeth Hill. I am so pleased to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Elizabeth Hill. Elizabeth is an entrepreneur, an attorney, a former counselor, and the mother of four. In addition, Elizabeth recently launched the Legit Endeavors podcast focused on small businesses and entrepreneurs seeking to start or grow their business. She also owns a winery and bistro here in Texas, and she says she loves her family, a great glass of wine, and a well-formed business plan. I have really been looking forward to talking with her about how she's making a life that matters. So welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's I've been looking forward to this as we, we were talking briefly before we started recording that it's it's always fun to connect with another lawyer and particularly another one here in Texas. You have so much going on from reading your bio, looking at your website and all of that. I'm really going to be interested to hear how you manage all that and the things you do to stay productive. But before we get into that, Maybe you could start by telling us maybe a little bit more about who you are, what you do. I gave a little bit of an intro, but anything else we ought to know as we get into our conversation? Well, so you mentioned that I am a former counselor, and it was actually my first career. And so I didn't even go to law school until I was 33 and had three kids at that time. So, uh, you know, I really did have to learn at that time and enhance my productivity skills to juggle all of that then. And then it's just kind of carried over into my career. And over the years, we've just kind of added a few more things, uh, the winery and bistro being one of them, obviously. And then most recently, the Legit Endeavors podcast and website. So, uh, you know, it's it's been a fun journey and I've really enjoyed every moment of it, but it has been busy at times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. And you live up in the Texas Panhandle area uh, with your family there. Yes. And what's really interesting, not many people know this, we're, we're starting to spread the word on this, but this is the best place in Texas to grow wine grapes. And it's actually one of the best places in the country to grow wine grapes. So that's really fun and interesting. We have a cotton field right next to our vineyard. And so it's a bit of a juxtaposition to see. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I think a lot of people don't know that. I, it was something I learned after we lived here for a while that there are vineyards and wineries here in Texas. Uh, not, I, I'm not sure Texas is the first place people think of when they think of wine. That's so true. And we're trying to spread the word. I believe that Texas is either the fastest or one of the fastest growing wine states. And right now, depending on what we're looking at, we're either fourth or fifth in the nation. And so it's really an exciting time in Texas wine. And we're gradually spreading the word uh, to people outside of Texas as well. Yeah. So you've got 
a winery, a vineyard, uh, a bistro, you're running a law practice, you have a podcast, you have four children, you have lots of things going on. And so I want to talk a little bit about how you manage that, how you, you know, get the things done that are important to you. But before we get into that, I think it's always helpful to have context for that conversation. for what works for you in terms of being productive in the way that you want to be. And so for, for that context, for the backdrop of that conversation, if there is such a thing as a typical day for you, what might that look like? Well, that's fun. My days are often different in the same week, but the most typical day for me is Getting up in the morning, getting myself ready and making sure uh, the youngest of ours is ready, the six-year-old, and my son, the 13-year-old, who's just starting junior high. Uh, The two older ones, uh, one just went off to college, and so she's completely self-sufficient now um, as far as her daily routine goes. And then the other is 16, a junior in high school, and so she also um, can manage her mornings. But get up and take the kiddos to school, the two boys um, that are younger. And then I do typically go to my law office. And that is uh, primarily what my day job is. There are days that I go into the winery for half a day or even sometimes most of the day, depending on what's going on. But most days I do go to the law office and work there. And of course, I can still return emails or place calls for the winery and bistro. And I work on my cases, which I am a civil litigator and appellate attorney. And so I have uh, several businesses that I do work for, and I've always got something going on. And there is always a deadline that I am seeing in the future that I'm working towards. And so I will uh, work at the office there. And then some days I'll go and pick up my youngest son from school and my 13-year-old boy. And then some days I do have some help there and continue to work. And I might go over to have a short meeting or sometimes I participate in staffing interviews over at the winery. And in the evening, goodness, for example, tonight we've got volleyball games and that's a big deal at our house. My 16-year-old is really into volleyball. Last night, it was a junior high football game, which has been very entertaining to watch because it's their first year to officially play as a school. And so we do have a lot of kid activities in the evening. Sometimes on the weekends, I do actually go up to the winery and help work the floor. Uh, And I really enjoy that. My primary duty is to get to know the customers, make it feel like a personal experience for them. And to, of course, just help the staff however I can. So it kind of depends on the day, but that's usually how my day goes. As you do, I squeeze in um, a podcast interview or a website blog or whatever I need to do there to just continue on my new journey with Legit Endeavors. So lots of things going on. Do you have a a time of day, whether it's a morning routine or an evening routine where that's kind of just for you, or is it just taking care of business kind of from the time you get up to the time you go to bed? Usually in the evenings, I try to do some mindset work. I find that that is really important for me and I believe for everyone 
But I, I really need that. I can have a great plan and I can have my calendar scheduled out perfectly or my to-do list made perfectly. But if I don't have the correct mindset, I just, I don't get done what I need to get done. So I really enjoy that. I've been journaling more recently and trying to journal on some of my goals and affirmations. Uh, and what I mean by that is actually writing down the affirmation of what I want to accomplish in present tense. And so that's been a really good thing I've done. I usually do that in the evenings after the six-year-old has gone to bed, you know, around 9 p.m. or so. I've read a lot about that, or a lot of people talking about that lately, the value of sort of writing out those affirmations or writing out your goals just to keep them top of mind and kind of get your your head in the right place with respect to it. There's a real value there to to putting it in, as you said, in a present tense kind of positive wording and writing it out. And just the process of writing it out and seeing yourself writing it out kind of cements it in your brain, I think. Is that, I mean, has that been your experience? Yes, very much. And I have really enjoyed using the affirmations to help me develop a skill or something that I want to strengthen by practicing. And so, for example, you know, I think a lot of us have the stereotype that affirmations are things like, you're a wonderful person, <laughs> Elizabeth, saying to myself. But really, I've used it as I am very productive and I remove all distractions, for example. That's one thing that I try to do and sometimes need to affirm that to myself or, uh, you know, something personal such as I am very patient with my kids and husband. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's kind of the way I've been using it. And I take my journal to work with me. And sometimes I'll briefly look over what I'm working on in the mornings. And I've found that to be really helpful and effective just to kind of keep me on track and not forget what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah, for sure. Well, Every person's life is a little different, presents different challenges as far as staying productive and getting the things done that really matter to her. What would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing your life? Uh, you know, for some people, it's saying no. For some people, it's overcommitting. For some people, it's, you know, clutter in the house. I mean, what, what would you say are your biggest challenges personally? I think for me, uh, the biggest challenge, and this could be a couple of things, but I found the biggest challenge for me is when unexpected events occur that kind of detour me from my plans. So a week or so ago, I got a call from the school that my son had a low-grade fever. And of course, right now, that's very <laughs> serious, obviously. And so I needed to go get him and I had not gotten everything done that I needed to do that day. And I was able to work once I got home, but it still um, detoured me and lessened the amount of time that I would have to work. And sometimes that also happens with the winery and bistro if there's something that I need to help out with and taking me away from my office. Sometimes it turns into a longer um, time away that I intend. And so I think dealing with unexpected events occurring is probably my toughest uh, challenge. And a close second would really be just uh, really removing distractions and focusing and uh, not 
multitasking too much. And I, I know we often um, think of multitasking as a good thing, and it can be, but I find that I'm much more productive when I'm not multitasking. And I know you've talked about that some, and it's just uh, something that I struggle with sometimes and have to really work on to stay focused. Yeah, I think a lot of us struggle with that, especially those of us who have, you know, more than one iron in the fire, so to speak. It really takes a lot of intention and purpose and practice to set aside everything except the thing you are working on right now. I know I, that's something that I struggle with, whatever I'm doing, my mind is kind of off thinking about the next thing or the thing I just finished. And uh, it, it makes it hard to get that clear focused time that's necessary for any kind of creative work or problem solving. Certainly a lot of the kinds of work that you do and I do uh, for our legal practices, but I think everybody deals with that. Um, you know, whatever our job is or the passion that we're pursuing, it requires a level of focus that can be really hard to come by these days. It's so true. And I think with, uh, notifications on our computer and our phone that that really contributes to it. But also sometimes I struggle with, and I have to kind of implement a technique with this is I'll have something pop into my head and I'll have this sense of urgency of, Oh, I still need to do that. And it feels like that moment where you almost forget something. And so what I try to do is not stop what I'm doing, but just make a quick note on my notepad that I keep close to me so that I'm reassured that I'm going to do that after I finish the task that's right in front of me. And I think in the past, I struggled with if it was like a return phone call, I'll just immediately go make the phone call because I have that sense of urgency. But I've been working on strengthening that, I guess, mental muscle there to know that I'm writing it down and I can do it later and I have it in front of me so I won't forget. And I think that has helped me personally. Yeah. Yeah. I do the same when I am really trying to stay focused on a particular task. I try to keep something nearby that I can take that note on and you can sort of tell yourself, okay, no, it's, it's safe. It is here where I will see it. I will remember and, and there will be a time to do that, but this is not that time. Yeah. So true. I do a lot of brief writing and Typically, I cannot just sit down and complete a brief in one sitting, so I'll try to focus on one certain section or I'm going to complete a subsection or whatever I need to do, and so I'm trying really hard to not allow myself to get distracted when I feel like I have such a big task that, oh, well, I'm going to be working on this forever anyway, so I should just make that phone call right now, mm. when just the act of changing focus really detracts from my productivity. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It's easy to let yourself get distracted if you're overwhelmed by a huge project, but breaking it down into those component parts like that can really help with that. It does. And, you know, sometimes it's really hard for me to predict how long it's going to take because every brief is a little bit different and writing and researching can be easier sometimes than others. And so I've tried to just build in time with buffer and all of that to get it done on time without getting too overwhelmed close to the date that it's due. Yeah. So with all these things going on, 
and you know the issues that we've just been talking about. Are there any particular tools you like or resources that you recommend um, for managing your time, your space, whatever? What what do you use to sort of keep it all under control? For my office, um, as an attorney, I use software called MyCase. It's like a billing and calendaring system. And there's some other features where clients can upload documents for me, and it kind of is kept in their file on that software. And so I kind of have that in front of me all day long. And so I keep the electronic calendar, and I oftentimes, if it's something really important, I'll build in a couple of two or three reminders that will come to me as it's coming up. And that's really, really helpful. And I know there's a lot of different products out there. And I'd be curious what your firm uses, but I found that that one's good, especially for me as a solo practitioner. I don't have a billing department that will, you know, take my spreadsheet. I, when I was at a firm before, I just had this little document that I'd just fill in. And then, you know, my assistant in the billing department would help me enter it into a billing system. I don't, I don't have that now. And really, when I thought about it, I, you know, considered, well, you know, I'm going to have to enter it somewhere. So I just need to enter it directly into the billing system. And I kind of skipped that middle step there. And that's been helpful. Yeah, there are a lot of pieces to a law practice that, you know, wouldn't be obvious to somebody who doesn't do it. But I've always, you know, worked at a firm of varying sizes, generally pretty big firms. So we have a billing department, we have the people that handle putting the invoices together, and we have a a system where we enter our time and they collect all that and put the bills together. And, And doing that as a solo practitioner, I can see how that would be, you know, you, you add that on top of the, the sort of lawyery things that we do. Uh, and that's a, a lot to do. So you don't, at this point, you don't have a secretary or an assistant that works with you. I do have an assistant. I really appreciate and enjoy her help. I do have a few clients that want me to mail their invoice, but I've gone very much electronic. And so luckily at the end of the month, I'm ready to just create invoices from my billing and that's very helpful. And then it just emails the client directly. That's really, really great. But, you know, as attorneys, and I know there are other professions that like accountants and engineers and and others that bill by the hour, it's such an important part of the day. And I really like, I've set it up in my software where I have a goal for billing each day and it kind of gives me like when I first started the day, it's in red because I haven't met it yet. And then it gets to yellow when I get mm. close and then it goes to green when I've met my goal. And so that's really motivating and helpful for me. Yeah, I could see how that would kind of help you stay on task uh, to to get that le- that uh, indicator to turn colors. It really does. And I think it, it helps to go to yellow because that kind of keeps you going in the middle of the day. And you think, well, I'm almost there. I need to get to green. <laughs> So that's, that's really helpful for me, especially when I'm already thinking about what I need to do after work and already a little bit distracted. It, it keeps me on task better. Yeah. It would be interesting to think about whether there are tools like that, you know, outside of the, the legal field, something that's real specific to a law practice, but a tool that somebody you know, doing something else could use as that kind of motivator. I think of, uh, there's a writing program that I use when I'm working on my 
the novel that I've been writing forever. And it has a similar kind of thing. You have a word count goal. And as you approach it uh, for the day, it changes color and turns green and sends you this little applause thing when you've reached your goal for the day. And that can be very motivating. So for people who can find something like that to help them keep moving forward on whatever project they're doing, I think that's, I'll have to do some research and see what, what else there is out there that people other than lawyers can use. It really is helpful. And I think it would be great if, if there are software developers out there that haven't done this yet to, yeah. to create that. Because whether you use a to-do list or a calendar, you could check things off and it would really keep you motivated to check off everything you have on that list or calendar for the day. You know, it seems like a little thing, but it, it really is helpful, I think, to stay on task that way. Yeah. And so in terms of keeping track of your various appointments and commitments and things, you, you mentioned that this software that you use for your practice includes calendaring. And I'm assuming that's like, you know, when briefs are due when when your hearing dates are and response deadlines and things like that. Do you uh, use a calendar that kind of manages all, all the stuff? I mean, your personal and your, your winery commitments and your family things. How do you keep track of, you know, when, when a kid needs to be at which volleyball game and, and when something needs to be done, you, uh, a hiring meeting at the, at the winery, how, how do you track all that stuff? So I try to keep my personal items on my business calendar simply to remind myself and also to block off that time so that nothing will get in the way of what I need to do at that moment. And so I try to keep it on my business calendar. So even if I get a Google invite or something like that, which is very common, rather than having a separate personal calendar, I've decided to just consolidate into one because, of course, if they're in two different places, I tend to neglect looking at my personal calendar. And <laughs> so I'll forget about something and definitely happened. And so I like it consolidated. We do have a separate calendar that's kind of the master calendar for the winery for events and who's singing on that night, who's playing music. And, and that that's helpful to look at. And it does also send reminders and that kind of thing. And then I thought of one other tool that I've enjoyed using. I recently was introduced to Trello. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. heard of that, but it is an online software that instead of having a whole bunch of emails back and forth with your group, you will have all of the tasks laid out in Trello and you will have people assigned subtasks in each of those. And then you can communicate directly in Trello. So it's all in front of you. And you don't have to search through your emails. And I'm really bad about never deleting emails because as an attorney, I think, oh, I may need that someday. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I really like Trello. It's a really neat tool. And I actually use it for my podcast with the people that produce my podcast. We work together in Trello and that's been really helpful. Yeah, it is a great tool. I've used that uh, in a couple of situations. I use something similar with my assistant 
we use Asana, which has the same kind of thing. You can kind of set up the workflow for a podcast episode and, and the tasks of who's supposed to be doing what. And at any time you can go in there and see, all right, where are we on this episode and what needs to be done on that one? And it's got all the deadlines in there and the ability to you know, send messages back and forth. So Trello and Asana are both great kind of project slash task managers for collaborating with somebody else on projects. Yes. And I've heard good things about Asana too. And I felt kind of behind the times, so to speak, because when I was introduced to it, I was like, wow, why, why haven't I been using this this whole time? This is great. So I think it's very helpful. And I have been somewhat skeptical of certain software sometimes. And so that was one that really did impress me with um, just the ability to keep things all in one place. That's very helpful. Yeah, definitely. Well, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, maybe pick your brain a little bit for the benefit of the productive woman community, because you, you are, you know, you're running a law practice, but you've launched this podcast, which I will put a link to your podcast in the show notes. I know there are a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are entrepreneurs, not everybody, but there are quite a few of them and who, uh, probably would enjoy the things that you talk about on your show and certainly, uh, would find some useful information in the blog that you have on your website. And so you, you focus in the legit endeavors podcasts and in the things on your website there in helping small businesses and entrepreneurs sort of stay on track and, and, and I guess stay legit in what they're doing. I assume you mean by that, you know, comply with the law and, and, and all that sort of thing. There are a couple of things I wanted to ask you, and I didn't warn you about this up front. So if someone's listening, who is thinking about going into some entrepreneurial endeavor, starting her own business, what would you recommend be the first one or two things that she thinks about doing? I love that question because this is kind of what I focus on, especially with new businesses in the Legit Endeavors podcast and also on my website with a blog. And I always really focus a lot on research, and I believe that research is really important. There are so many different areas that you need to be sure that you know about that you really do your research before starting. And the second thing is that I am a big advocate of whether you are going to start something small or something big, every time you still create an entity and keep it separate from your personal money. And I think the reason that that is so ingrained in my perspective is I have had a lot of litigation cases that I've defended where the business owner just set up a sole proprietorship. And one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that when you have a sole proprietorship, sure, you have a business, but legally it is not separate from you personally. So if something happens, you are personally sued. And, you know, sometimes I've found that some litigation is just the cost of doing business. You may have a dispute. There may be something that occurred. There may be a car accident. Something can happen. And it's always better to have a business entity between that third party and your personal money. And so 
those are kind of the two things that I recommend. And I know that a lot of people have started sole proprietorships and it's years down the road that they actually set up an entity. And I just uh, finished defending someone on a case where there was, it was a construction company and there was an accident on site. And regardless of whether it was your fault or not, sometimes you can get involved in a lawsuit because, you know, sometimes they just name everybody because Mm -hmm. they're not sure who should be responsible and you still have to defend yourself and hire an attorney. And so the first thing that we did once we got that settled is set up an entity to separate the personal and business funds. Right. And by an entity, you're talking about a limited liability company or a limited partnership or, or a corporation of some sort which tax advisors can help you figure out what the right one is. But the point being that it's the difference between if there's a lawsuit, if there's some dispute, it's the difference between the other party being able to take the assets or the, the money of the business versus being able to come and look at your personal bank account and take what you've got there. Yes, and thank you for clarifying. Sorry about that. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I just wanted to to make sure that, that I'm clearly understanding, you know, what it is you're talking about here, uh, because I think a lot of people don't think about that, especially when they're just getting started. It's just, oh, I'm just going to do this little thing on the side, and you know, what difference does it make? And it costs money to form an LLC or you know, what difference will it make? Well, the liability is what assets are you going to expose to a potential dispute? Yes, that's exactly right. And I'm I'm glad, Laura, that you clarified that. I have to be reminded sometimes that not everybody knows what the, the legal jargon I'm using means. And so an entity is where you set up a business and you register with your secretary of state. There's a few states that It's in like the lieutenant governor's office or something like that. That's more unusual. But you register with the state, the government, to say, hey, I've created this business and this is separate from me personally. And I have let, I put everyone on notice that it is a separate entity. And so legally that protects you. There's a few ways under the law that someone could get to your personal assets, but it's very rare. And Texas, is definitely a state that protects people as much as they can and honors the fact that an entity has been set up. And so, uh, yeah, my, my favorite entity to set up is the LLC. And I talk about that a lot on legitendeavors.com, but I just find it to be the most flexible. And I believe it's really just an easy entity for small business owners because you can just be, owner managed, or you can be, you can actually hire a manager. And so there's a lot of good ways to use the LLC for a new small business. Yeah. And I guess it's, I should say at this point, although we are two lawyers talking about this, we are not giving legal advice (laughs) and you should, you should definitely, uh, if you, if you are considering starting a business or you already have a business and you want to, you know, make sure that you're protected, 
definitely consult an attorney. If you're in Texas, maybe you want to call Elizabeth who can help you out. But uh, uh, it's important to get the right advice, just as I would say, you know, talk to an accountant or uh, a tax professional to make sure you're, you're doing things right. And it seems sometimes like overkill to do that when you're just getting started and there's not a lot of money involved, but better to, to consult those professionals uh, early on uh, and get things set up right than to wait until there's a problem or a question that may take some, some difficult work to unwind. Yes, Laura, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I have, I have several disclaimers on my website because it's intended to be educational as though you might purchase a book uh, yeah. at the bookstore that's written by a lawyer it's not it's not a substitute for specific legal advice that you could get from your own lawyer. And as we both know, in order to get legal advice, you should have a specific legal relationship with an yeah. attorney. And yeah. so, yeah, I try to make sure that that's clear that um, my general statements are certainly never legal advice for any specific person. Yeah, we're lawyers, but we're not your lawyer. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that thing. <laughs> I had uh, on another point, a question that I wanted to ask you, um, as I was looking at the materials you have online, you recently did a blog post on tips for staying productive while working remotely that I think is very timely, uh, given that so many of us are working from home these days. Uh, and I will put a link to that that uh, blog post in the show notes, but can you maybe just in a, a minute or so, give us a couple of your thoughts on what you think works for people that are now working remotely that maybe didn't before? Yes. So I found, and you know, it kind of has been different depending on the month, but I found that my very first full month from working from home was actually my uh, most productive month billing-wise in quite some time. And I think that the reason that was is I, I cut out so much travel time and running kids around and made sure that I didn't replace it with some other action that didn't accomplish anything, which I think sometimes I have a tendency to do and sometimes we all do. But I really tried to make sure that it was set up in a way at my house just the logistics of it, where I, you know, get away from my bed, so to speak. I, I love to be on the um, my laptop and just relaxing in my bed. And, you know, some days, maybe a Saturday or something like that, I might do that. But I tried to really set aside a place in the home with four kids. I don't have a separate office at this point, although my oldest did move out about a month ago. I haven't redone her room because she still comes home and especially at Christmas. But that really helps. The other thing is I try to stick to the same work hours or whatever works best for me that day because I think when we're not going to work and uh, no one around us is necessarily on this usual eight to five day where you go to the office and then come home, I think setting hours is really very helpful. I still, of course, try to schedule my day and try to make sure that I have specific things on my to-do list or on my calendar, however you prefer to do that. And that's really helpful. And then, you know, I think that I still dealt with and am dealing with, 
you know, unexpected things coming up, simply the possibility of having someone uh, need some help on homework or something like that. And so trying to just kind of build in buffer and be flexible. I mean, obviously it was different than anything we had going before. And so I kind of told the kids, well, if I'm on a call or anything like that, then um, please don't interrupt me unless it's an emergency. But if I'm not on a call and you need a little bit of help, then sure, you can bother me or, or that kind of thing then for something more small. And then we tried to, you know, take breaks together. We got up and started on homework and, and work and then, you know, would have lunch together and try to take some breaks. I tried to, although not all of us were perfect at this, but I tried to get us all outdoors and do some movement of some kind <laughs> because it was really easy to just kind of veg out all day inside um, during that time. So those are a few of the things that I found that work. And of course, you know, just like, when we're at the office, things can derail us and we can get off task, but, you know, just get right back on and, you know, give yourself some grace because it's definitely a tough time. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of us are, you know, I, I'm, I guess in a different situation because my kids are grown and gone. And so I can work from home and I was working from home before the pandemic hit without a lot of interruption, except those that I create for myself. But there are a lot of people who are struggling trying to figure out how to stay productive doing their regular work from home, while juggling kids who've also been from home or still are home, if they're in a location where the schools have not opened up, and they're doing, you know, remote learning for the kids, it's it's a challenging time for for everybody that's dealing with those sorts of things. And I think any, you know, any suggestions that we can offer of things that are working for us, if we all put our heads together, we can come up with solutions that can help us get through this. Definitely. And one of the things that I have really come to enjoy, um, and I know that this takes a different look for everyone, but in many states, courts, of course, um, have not had in-person hearings and have done a lot of hearings by Zoom or whatever means could be done electronically. And I've actually enjoyed that. And I'm hoping that after all of this is over and we're all back to lots of in-person activities, that courts that involve attorneys from different localities, like for example, I have some cases um, south of here in the Midland area, and then I know I have some cases where maybe at Dallas attorneys are on those cases. And, you know, for a while there, we had court call, and you'd call into the court and be able to appear. But it, I think it would be so great if we could continue Zoom hearings and things like that, especially when someone is having to travel. It would really be more efficient. It would save money for everyone, and that's always a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, you obviously have a lot of things going on. You're, you're juggling a number of interests, both personal and business. And it sounds like you've got systems in place that help you get those things done. And you've been pretty intentional about that. But all of that notwithstanding, do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you just get stressed out and completely overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm sure you, you have this and many listeners out there. 
hear this, but, you know, someone will say, I just don't know how you do it all. And usually my response is, well, most of the time I don't do it all. It, it just depends on the day. And what I have found that gets me back on track is making sure that I prioritize what really needs to happen first and what would create the biggest impact on my business, what it, whichever business it would be. And obviously, sometimes that can be something completely different depending on the business. So, of course, as an attorney, I have certain deadlines that I absolutely cannot miss. And uh, so I make sure that that gets done and that's the mo- that moves up the list of priorities. But for legit endeavors, obviously, that's more of kind of the thing that I'm starting. And some weeks I can't get, I, I've slacked I've off in the blog department the last couple of weeks because it has been so crazy with school starting and my oldest going to college. And, you know, I'm just trying to give myself grace. But I've tried really hard to continue to record podcast episodes because that's what I believe I have prioritized as kind of the number one thing that I want to make sure that I get done. So I find that whenever I'm struggling to get everything done, I just prioritize what is most important and would give the biggest impact to my business and give myself grace. And, you know, just continue to work towards the goal in the future, but don't beat myself up if I didn't get a blog post out that week. Yeah. I think we all need that reminder. We all need to hear that it's okay to be kind to yourself and give yourself that grace, knowing that nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to get it all right all the time. And we all have those days where things just get away from us and we need to sort of regroup and figure out what matters most and find our way back in. Definitely. And I think that I still find that I have days that I just miscalculate how long something is going to take. And I know that, you know, there's a really good theory that you have to get it done within an hour But that also sometimes competes with quality of work, Mm -hmm. especially in our career and many others. The quality of work is very important. And, uh, you know, I've had times where I thought I could get a brief done or whatever motion I might be working on. But in the process, I find something else that I decide, hey, I really need to add that. Mm -hmm. And this is not going to get done in the time that I thought it was. And so it's just a process of continuing to improve at that. And we we get better over time. But, you know, I I still have days where, you know, I think, oh, I'm going to get all of this done today. We have that, you know, grand, grand goals. And, you know, I might only get half done. (laughs) I just have to um, look at that and think, okay, well, next time I need to build in a little more time for this or that and just continue to improve. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Elizabeth, where can people connect with you online if they want to hear more of what you're doing, find out more about you, or or maybe have a question for you? Where's the best place for them to find you? The best place is at legitendeavors.com. Just all one word. And it's funny, I I think of legit as both um, being legally legit But also, um, the whole rest of the part of the business as far as being having legit marketing and having a legit business plan, I just really enjoy all of that. And so 
you can head over there. You can find the podcast there. You can also find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's the Legit Endeavors podcast. And I am on Instagram at Elizabeth G. Hill. And, uh, you know, just shoot me a DM. I'd love to hear from anyone that listened to this episode. Sounds great. And I will put links to all that in the show notes in case somebody's driving and, you know, couldn't take notes uh, as to where to find you. And I would recommend to anybody who is listening, who is running a business or thinking of starting a business, definitely check out Elizabeth's website because aside from good information in the blog and the podcast, she offers some resources there, including some business checklists, a, a business goal planning guide, all, all sorts of things to find there. And so you, you, you'll want to check that out. Um, before we go, Elizabeth, any last words for the listener who might be looking for help in getting things done and, and making a life that matters? What, what would you say to her? Well, um, I try to remind myself to take care of myself and get a lot of sleep <laughs> and to make that a priority. I think rest and rejuvenation is just so important. And mindset work, as I've mentioned before, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I was so excited to be on your show because I've listened to your show for a while. And I just, I find that listening to podcasts or journaling or, or whatever works for you is super important to your success and making a life that matters. And so that would be my tip is don't forget about the mental work for mindset. You know, we exercise our bodies and we do other things to get better at our jobs, but we still need to remember to work on our minds and our mindset and uh, make sure that we're nurturing ourselves to be in the best shape overall to perform. Great advice and a great reminder for all of us. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me, Laura. This was so much fun. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Elizabeth as much as I did. I am very grateful to her for taking the time to share with us her thoughts on how she's making a life that matters and for the encouragement and suggestions that she offered for the rest of us. But what do you think? Do you have any uh, questions for Elizabeth or for me or any thoughts on the, the things that we talked about? You can share those in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 320. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. Uh, even better, if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, you can certainly... Uh, post your questions and comments there and we can continue the conversation there. As always, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email those questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and I would love to hear from you. Remember, if you're looking for something new to try for your, uh, for caring for your hair, a personalized hair care line, go to functionofbeauty.com slash TPW to take that hair profile quiz and to get the 20% off your first order that they are offering to the Productive Woman community. That's Function of Beauty, uh, F-U-N-C-T-I-O-N. 
O-F-B-E-A-U-T-Y, functionofbeauty.com slash TPW for 20% off and so that they'll know that you heard about it from us. And thank you so much to Function of Beauty for supporting the Productive Woman podcast. And if you can't remember that URL, there will be a link to it in the show notes so you can go there as well. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thanks so much for spending this time with me and with Elizabeth. I hope you felt that it was worthwhile and I hope you found something in it that's helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. Matter.